For more on screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. It's over. The Oscars are done. Uh, It was quite the evening. I have a lot to say about it. But before we do that, uh, Taylor, you're with me. Hello. How are you? Yes. Hello. Hi. Uh, And uh, we've got a special guest joining us once again. Back is Matt Salton. Welcome back, Matt. Hello. You're uh, joining us for some Oscars talk. We said you would come back and here you are. Yeah, it's a few years since, but yeah, I'm back. For a few like years. <laughs> this was a great one. This is a great one to come back on. Yes, I think so. Out. Yeah, I, there's Matt, a lot to talk you on about. The, weren't you on the show a couple months ago for Real Out? Oh, yes. We're talking about, sorry, fears since talking about the Oscars. Uh, yeah, okay. see, Matt was yeah. not on our Oscars show last year, but the year before, yes. he was. Yes. Yes. We should just bring it back every year that the show exists and we have the Oscars, Matt. You should just come be on the Oscars show, which well, is way easier. I mean, I do buy a gown every year with hopes that you'll ask me to come to the Oscars show. Well, okay. Well, then we'll just ask you every year. You can wear yeah. your gown and we're all yeah. good. Even though this is an audio medium, you can oh, wear whatever wait, you what? want. You know, <laughs> we can't it see is. yet. So. <laughs> Jeez, I wish someone had told me before. <laughs> um, so we're talking about the Oscars today. That's good. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, I have a lot to say. Taylor, I know you have a lot to say. Uh, Matt, yeah. I hopefully you have a lot to say. I have a moderate amount to say. Moderate amount. Okay, well, that'll balance us out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some fan questions to, to kick the show off. We're going to go through the Oscars. Uh, thankfully, Taylor, before the show started, reminded me that we have to reveal who won our Oscars pool. So we're going to do that this episode. And at the end of the episode, we're going to draw the next two movies for Movies from a Hat because we can't go to movie theaters. So we got to bring Movies from a Hat back. So we'll do that at the end of the show. Great. I'm excited. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun one. So why don't we just dive right into it? Um, And before we we kind of go into the Oscars, and before we get to fan questions, I just want to get everyone's initial reactions. Let's start with you, Taylor, and then we'll go to Matt. What did you think of the presentation of the Oscars last night? One thing that I will give it props to, and I know that they're actually changing this back next year, so it was a short-lived plus. I liked how much more intimate it was. The fact that it was in a different venue, and it was kind of, they were clustered in tables, instead of in a big theater i liked that hated 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 not having a host i thought it was horrible i thought that for um actors (laughs) they should have done a better job presenting but it was it was like the i mike and i never text we're (laughs) We, we don't speak outside of context of this show. We actually hate each other. It's uh, not, not a well-known thing. We don't, we don't hate each other, but we actually don't really talk <laughs> I was joking. I, was, I wasn't being serious. Like, you don't have to, Taylor, you don't have to just, like, but I was joking. People in know. In all honesty, <laughs> we don't do a lot of, like, socializing outside the show. No. But anyways, the intro or lack of the intro was so bad. I had to text Mike being like, what? the heck what are we watching it was so weird that there was no intro and we'll get to it later apparently no finale either there was there was a definite pace issue with the oscars and a definite presentation issue um and when i got that text from you i was like yep it's very it's very strange they just kind of went right into the first category which i think was uh one of the writing categories and there was no real sense of the monologue ended because Regina King was up there kind of, kind of doing a little bit of the opening monologue. And then it felt really stilted. Like anytime the, um, I know it's always awkward when the actors have to read off the teleprompter, but I don't know this year, it seemed particularly stilted when they were trying to introduce things. I don't know. I didn't like it. See, I don't know. So like knowing, so, you know, having the knowledge going into it that Steven Soderbergh in particular, out of the producers, <laughs> yeah, uh, wanted it to look like a film in itself, you know, like shooting it with these like, you know, some wide angle lenses and 20, you know, um, 
the 24 frames per second, which is definitely not, that does not make live TV look like live TV. Um, I thought that it, I, I thought, okay, when they started it and here's like some funky, um, What's his name? The DJ Quest, not Questlove. Questlove? Is it Questlove? Yeah, yeah, yeah Questlove. Questlove. Yeah, Questlove. Funky Questlove music, and the divine queen Regina King strutting her stuff through this, you know, venue to this music. I was like, okay, I see what we're going. I see we've got like a, like a Robert Altman esque Quentin Tarantino. Like, okay, like this is how our movie's going to start with this, like the, you know, the the foxy queen you know, walking into this room full of people. And I thought like it was going to be more of an Altman, like overlapping dialogue, different people at this little party. Um, and I think like it kind of achieved that, but it also still had the formalities of speeches. So Taylor, I get what you mean about it being kind of stilted, but I do feel like some presenters did it better than others. Like yeah. I thought yeah. Laura Dern, I thought Laura Dern and even Reese Witherspoon, they had a little, uh, they were a little bit more natural. Uh, Laura Dern, especially, I thought she was very natural and very almost nurturing with each person when she was telling uh, telling the audience a little bit about the the nominees' stories about their first jobs or whatever. Um, and she kind of improved a little bit. I thought that was sort of like she sort of set the standard and, and maybe defined what the producers were going for. And then I think some people just didn't necessarily some people were a little bit more perfunctory in in their present in their presentation yeah and i think because the this kind of reminded me a tiny bit of how the oscars went one of the years that hugh jackman hosted because it was in a recession was in a sort of smaller more intimate atmosphere um he did a lot of musical numbers but they basically instead of showing a lot of clips they came out and each person kind of said something about each nominee and that that's a nice touch i like that aspect of it but you're right some some people it just didn't come off very well and what i didn't particularly like was i i felt that there wasn't there wasn't a lot of flow especially at the beginning and 100 at the end where their their whole point they made this whole point of this is a story we're storytellers and tonight is like just like a movie we're telling a story and if this was a movie I would be saying, oh, there were some great performances in this in this Oscars movie, and there were some really great moments, and I kind of like what they were going for, but the direction was god-awful. Like, that was my mm. opinion of it. I thought the direction was awful. I think that some of the choices they made were awful. The speeding up the in-memoriam thing was just weird and didn't make any sense. They, well, they, they were trying paused. to save time, right? Well, <laughs> trying to, yes, of course. Let's just run through the names of everyone who passed away. Like it's it very just, insensitive. It was very insensitive. Coming coming out of the ultimate, we're we're trying to be more sensitive here. We're 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 showing you what how great we can be, how sensitive we can be, and then like ah, oh, skip through all everyone who died. Like that that came off very very. Uh, I don't know when I try to say like fake, unnatural, like very. Well, it weird. felt like they were trying to save time. <laughs> like that's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were trying that exactly what they were doing. Yeah, they were trying to save some time. Yeah, and I just I there were a lot I liked about the changes they made, and there's a lot of things I didn't like about the changes that uh, that were made. But I I definitely had moments just like you, Matt, where I'm like, okay, all right, I see what you're going for here. But then always something would happen, and I'd be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> can I we talk know. about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. I was just gonna say, can we talk about the beginning, like the pre-show, where they, which is which is always to me, it's very cringy and awkward when you have like the reporter, who the the entertainment journalist who stands there and interviews people on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. There was a, I loved the little Ray Howard, Howie, like I loved his, I think it was him, anyways, from yeah. from Get Out. I loved Get Out. Yes, it was him. Yeah, <laughs> there was such a huge difference between his talking to celebrities, like sitting mm-hmm. down at the bar almost. And just like having a casual conversation yes. versus the more formalized. I don't know who the woman was that, that stood in her gown and interviewed people. She was absolutely terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like she was terrible. And I wrote something down, which I was, my jaw hit the floor. She had Emerald Fennel on with, um, uh, oh God, um, the actress from Promising Carrie, Carrie Mulligan. Mulligan. The, yeah. That dress was amazing. Um, uh, she said, Emerald. You've described your movie as poison popcorn. Is that a thing? 
<laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that was the question? Yes. <laughs> oh, my. And Emerald Fennel was like, um, like, you could tell she wanted to answer it, like, organically, which would be like, no, it's not a thing. I'd like Poison to find out who, is not a thing. who she was, because near the end, when they were doing kind of their closing off thing, she said that, like, oh, this was such a pleasure. I'm so happy that I'd gotten the opportunity to be here. I wonder if she was some sort of contest winner. Because <laughs> that was, I, I'm, I'm kind of being serious. Like, that was the level of, of professionalism. And, like, she's done this before. I, I got a sense from her. She knew. No, she knew some of them. She, okay, like, she, okay. yeah, she, she had a connection with some of them. Yeah. So she must be on some sort. Because usually they have, yeah, because I mean, I like the touch of here's an actor. Here's someone who who knows a lot of these people. And I, and I agree. I think the sitting down at the bar talking, he was much more natural than she was. Mm-hmm. But I, it, I did get the sense that she was just didn't really know what she was doing or was overwhelmed or just didn't didn't have her A game on. But I guess she must be connected to like a morning show or something. Like it's an ABC <sighs> production, right? Yeah. Her so name is she must be Ariana DeBosey. Yes, they did say Ariana at one point. Yes, I don't, uh, recognize, I don't recognize the name. Me, I, I'll be honest. I did not watch the pre-show. How did you guys f- like um, them doing the music during the pre the best songs as opposed to during the actual Oscars? I only saw a couple, and I thought they were great. And I understand why they did it because they couldn't crowd a bunch of people in together, and singing is a no-no. Right. Yeah. Um, I wish they would do that. All the time, actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it either. I, I think that like cutting the kinda, best song presentations. Well, ma- yeah, make it part of the pre-show and make that kind of part of the lead-up because the the red carpet kind of has become something kind of different. Whereas it it's supposed to be hyping you up, and getting you excited. So instead of just always having awkward celebrity interactions, throwing in some musical numbers and introducing those songs, it is kind of a cool way to do it. Um, I think it was, though, very much COVID related. I don't know if that's something they're planning on continuing with. I personally didn't mind it. But again, there were things in the Oscars presentation that that I would take out. And I would 100% put the music back in if it meant getting rid of some of these weird little things that they did. So, yeah. I hated that. I hated the skit they did about the, the music. I actually missed the intro as to what they were doing exactly with that skit. So I don't even know exactly what they were trying to do, but I thought it was so out of place to have just one single skit. You know, if you're only going to do one bit. Well, oh, the, you mean the game, the weird, the game. Yeah. The game. They the they tune? Yeah. And again, it was, it was a little out of place. Like it seemed like we're going to, and it was right before the in memoriam. Like it was, it was yeah, right weird. before that. Weird timing. I think if you, it would have again felt, um, kind of cool. Like you know, having a couple games going around to the different tables. Again, I, I guess with COVID, they couldn't. But they did it with that skit going directly to the tables and sharing mics. So if they but that was away- planned. That was planned. That whole thing was rehearsed because they had three different mics for the the different guests. Like you saw them switch the mics right. in between but each one. That I, if they were going to do skits like that multiple times throughout, I agree. The they could have. It wouldn't they, have been they, weird. I feel like I didn't hate it. I actually quite enjoyed yeah. it. I I <laughs> felt like it needed more of that. But I guess that's like just talking out loud. I'm thinking like, oh well, why didn't they do that more? Even I thought um, some of the, you know, when they were introducing when the they were introducing the awards or the best nominees, I almost wish they had gone to the actual tables to be beside the person they were announcing if they were there. Do you know mm. what I'm trying to say? Like, how- Yeah, and some of the shoddy camera work yeah, of missing like- the people and going to the mm-hmm. different group and, and then having to cut away. Like, some of that was just... And lighting. Garbage. The, lighting was, was the lighting was terrible. Like, uh, Halle Berry looked sickly. You couldn't even see Carrie Mulligan when they nominated her. She was like in dark, complete darkness when oh, they killed, when they yeah. like went to her. Like she's a complete dark. Like it's just some of the lighting was weird. It was just a bunch of bad choices that again, if this was a movie, we'd be coming on this show and I would be saying this was poorly directed by an amateur who didn't know what they were doing. And mm. it's is it's Sodenberg. <laughs> like mm. it's, I just don't understand. 
I have one mm-hmm. last complaint, and then we should probably okay. go into the actual. Yeah, air your, air your last grievance. Everyone but, um, gets one more grievance. This is, we'll start with Taylor. <laughs> it's very petty, and it does kind of have to do with the lighting. Some people looked really shiny to the point they almost, their faces almost looked greasy. <laughs> Not everyone. Well, like, some of them also like, might have been sweating. But like, <laughs> I don't know, like sometimes it wasn't like a sweat thing. So again, oh, okay. that's just like a very petty critique that I thought... And, you know, Halle Berry looking, like, not great either. And I think it was, like, a lighting issue. Um, Mm -hmm. It almost looked like, I don't know, they were, like, being interviewed off the street. Like, there was no, like, (laughs) press compact prior to... (laughs) And I don't remember in previous years them looking so shiny like that. I don't know. You guys know this kind of stuff behind the scenes. Well, I don't pay attention to their shininess of their faces, but but the, were the from my from from the from what I've saw what I've seen like the roof had windows, right? Like it was natural light mm-hmm. yep. that was coming down, oh. and there were light there were lights um, on each of the tables shining on the people sitting there as well. So their makeup so, could have literally like they been had their own spotlight. But when they stood, face. <laughs> yeah. So like Reese Witherspoon at one point when she was presenting, she was standing on one side of the room, and then Halle Berry was in a different yeah. side of the room. But she didn't have neither of them had those lights on them, and I think that was what it was. It's just that their makeup really stood out. It wasn't great, and yeah, I don't know Halle Berry's hair. I didn't like it. Period. Ooh, but I she didn't like just it looked sick. And she's one of the most beautiful women in the world. And I was like, oh, God, what's wrong with her? Matt, I'm glad you said it. It takes the heat <laughs> off me. But I 100% agree. That really blunt bob. And Ugh. then, um, yeah, she did look, she looked ill, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep, she looked ashy. And yeah, well. But that was my one grievance. So, okay. Mike, what is your last grievance for the actual award show overall? Mm-hmm. My last grievance was I I didn't think they did a good job of of capping off the awards by moving best picture to not being last to being sort of third last and ending with best actor and it being someone who wasn't even there to receive the award kind of ended everything on a real dud and I think for for preaching at the beginning we want to be storytellers this is storytelling at its best we're storytelling you you miss the ending you completely just you couldn't f- finish things off again if this was a movie I'd be saying the ending fell apart that's my final grievance overall Matt do you have one more grievance that's it that's like a uh, a French film storytelling where right. the ending just is always ending. ambiguous just like oh, okay thin thin yeah. <laughs> roll yeah. the credits yeah 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 they did invest i think they i think they made a, a, a very large assumption that and i guess we'll go into best actor later but that that um that it was going to be this posthumous uh, bittersweet win for chadwick boseman and they were wrong mm-hmm but, see, but that's then it was like, oh, they were trying to. Yeah, I don't know. For what, a moment. I don't know. I have no idea why Best Picture wasn't last. Yeah, I do not know why. Yeah. Um, my question, as far as grievances go, are we going to talk about costumes or is this, or like wardrobe or is this where we talk about wardrobe? Oh no, no, you can talk about wardrobe when the nominees are coming. Okay. Like if you have specific things, yeah, you don't have to okay. finish wardrobe. Do you now, mean right? the, like what they were wearing or yeah. or the award? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant like like who had the worst outfit sort of thing. Like that's what I want to talk about. But. <laughs> who had Wait. the worst outfit, Matt? Tell okay, me. Okay, in my opinion, in my opinion, grievance this is a grievance. Okay, go ahead. Love Laura Dern. Hated the dress. I hated the feathers. Like she looked like an emu. It did look dated. It looked like something out of the eighties, but not in a good way. Yeah, no. I, I she looked good from the waist up, but then if you cut went down, it was like, oh, it's Bjork in the <laughs> swan dress, and then. But I thought the best dressed was Carrie Mulligan in that. Oh, God, that gown is amazing. And then Leslie Odom Jr. in that gold suit uh, with the, um, the the thread was dipped in gold. Like he was telling the story about how it's oh, an wow. actual gold suit. Between him and um, what's his name from um, Iron Man, um, Don Cheadle. 
Mm-hmm. Don they both look fantastic. But anyways, okay, now let's go talk about the nominations. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hey, yeah. If you want to bring up any wardrobe stuff during the nominations, go go right ahead. Okay, okay. so we're we're going to uh, start off then. Why don't we just get right into actor in a leading role? Seeing as we've already kind of touched on it a little bit. So actor in a leading role, the winner was Anthony Hopkins for the father, um, and the the other nominees were just as a reminder, Riz Ahmed. Uh, for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yen for Minari. So there you go. Anthony Hopkins won. That was kind of the big surprise. Taylor, this was the award that you you missed the presentation of because you went to sleep. Yeah. So this is one I'm of an old lady. Um, I couldn't. <laughs> but this was the most, from what I'm gathering, this is the most controversial aspect of last night's show. Well, it, I think, I mean... I, from what I've heard, the controversy is how the thing ended, um, and there's lots of debate around it. But I think I think if you've seen now, have either of you seen The Father? No. Let's get that. Over. No. Okay. So I I did. I watched it this weekend. It was one of the last movies I watched. Um, he was very very good in it. I mean, I can't I can't say he was bad. Like he was he was a good performance. He was probably the best part of the movie. It was very heartwarming, touching performance. So. I could see it. I can see why why he got it. I think the big issue was that because this happened at the end, they tried to manufacture, like Matt was saying, they tried to manufacture a moment where Chadwick Boseman would, would be given the award and we kind of end on kind of this the celebration of his life. And it just, it didn't happen. And the producers of the Oscars don't know who the winners are. They have no idea. They're kind of guessing. They're putting things together. And I just... I think that that was a really bad decision, and what a I don't risky think move. What a risky yeah, very move risky. To... But I don't think like it's not Anthony Hopkins' fault, which people kind of came down hard on him. He is, as if he gave he... the award to himself. Well, how old is he? Seven. He also 80s? didn't come. That's the, that's the other thing. It wouldn't have been as anticlimactic if he gave a speech. No, but he as the oldest Oscar winner ever. But the, exactly to ask but he him just to, didn't even bother to show up. But to ask him to travel at this point in time, in the middle of a pandemic, like but he's in London, right? I know he's in London, but I, he, I mean he probably a, could have done it virtually. But that's about it. He I saw a headline: he was visiting his father's grave. At, at that night? Exact, at that exact moment? Oh, that, that was the that's headline. A little, that okay, was, that's a little... I don't know if that's the... true. <laughs> we can't confirm that. It's like, what, eight, it's like eight or 11 hours difference in LA, from LA. So yeah, like ahead. So Are it you, would be nighttime. Do you think he should have at least... Uh, yeah, he should have, He didn't have to travel. He's elderly or whatever. But he should have uh, made himself available via live stream. Is that kind of the... He could have done that. Yeah. I I agree that he could have done that. But I think the expectation for him to be there is ridiculous because of his age and because of the state of the world right now. People shouldn't be traveling at all. Like, I'm, well, we're not going to get into it on this show. We're talking about movies. But you shouldn't be traveling at all, let alone at that age. I don't know. If, maybe he's been vaccinated. Maybe he has been. I don't know. Um, but I think he could have made himself available digitally. He also, like, did he released something today. Like, he released a video today and basically said, I had no idea I was going to win. I didn't think I was going to win. That's probably why you stayed home, right? Probably. Do you want to know a fun fact? Fun fact. Go ahead. Years ago, uh, I worked at a resort in Lake Louise, north of Lake Louise, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, over the summer, they filmed a movie there. Um, like, well, in the park, just outside of Lake Louise. Um, and at that point, it was called The Bookworm, which it eventually became the movie The Event. And it had Alec Baldwin in it and Anthony Hopkins. And um, Alec Baldwin and Elle McPherson and a bunch of people came into our resort for dinner one night, which was like the one night that I wasn't working. Um, <laughs> Murphy's and, Law. And which is, yeah, exactly. And and they, they, they were like, nice, they took pictures and they were all staying at a nearby resort, which is, which is I mean, it's not a five-star resort at all. It was, they were pretty much roughing it because um, it was a movie set in the wilderness, right? And I and the only person in the cast that didn't stay with them, they had to to helicopter him to the set every day was Anthony Hopkins, who insisted that he stayed at the Chateau Lake Louise. So I think I think I in my head I've always now thought of Anthony Hopkins as a bit of a diva. Okay, uh, and maybe you're probably right though. I mean, a lot of stars are, especially if they've mm-hmm. been around for a long time. So that's a, yeah, that's hey, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting story. And and I think I just think for me. 
before people kind of criticize the win, you got to see the movie first. You got to see the father and compare it. Because I, again, this is though coming from me. I don't think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was Chadwick Boseman's best performance of 2020. I think he should have been nominated for best supporting actor for The Five Bloods, which I think is a movie that got completely forgotten about because of when it came out. Like that's where I would have nominated him best supporting actor for that. that I think that was his best performance of 2020. So uh, that's just coming from my end. But I think people should watch The Father first and then decide whether or not they thought he was deserving of the award. The, it's just, But blame the producers for putting that last. Yeah, they I, knew feel, he wasn't there. I would feel so cr- – if I was Anthony Hopkins, like him not sh- showing up or making time for the show aside, how crappy would it be if you wake up and everyone – the first – all the headlines are, you know, it was – Chadwick was robbed. Anthony doesn't deserve mm-hmm. the award. Like I would feel so yeah. crappy reading that. Yeah. But I remember when the father came out, that's all you read about was like that Anthony Hopkins was a shoe in for an mm-hmm. Oscar. Yeah. It was fairly, it was one of the first, I think one of the first movies released during the pandemic. Like yes, it was yeah. pretty early on that like that it was his, his, um, his role, his award to lose, like Mm -hmm. like he was the front runner for the longest time. Well, and just to kind of go back to our Oscars pool for a second to use that, because we have a good base. We had 40 entries this year. So we have a good base to like, little. that's a little focus group as far as I'm concerned. 65% of the people thought Chaswick Bozeman was going to win that. Not one person picked Anthony Hopkins in Mm. our, in our, I thought that they were going to give Chadwick, Bozeman the award like as a post the post how do you say that post humorous um you know like as a, a cap to the rest of his career for his career but then they would give best picture to the father that was my voting strategy your pick was was yeah and and I also thought Chadwick Bozeman was gonna get it um for for a lot of those reasons as well and that that was kind of the buzz the thing about the father was matt's right the buzz happens from the beginning but when a movie comes out a little earlier sometimes it loses its momentum Mm -hmm. down to here not not gains it so it was a little bit of a surprise we got to keep things moving though so um any final thoughts on on actor or shall we shall we move on congratulations (laughs) sir tony (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe that was the only movie the, the they saw for that category. They saw Maybe. it at the beginning of the year. They saw it at the beginning of the year, and then they had COVID fatigue and didn't watch anything else. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that was it. Um, okay, we're n- now going to do actor in a supporting role, one of Taylor's favorite categories. Um, the winner was Danielle Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, the other nominees, Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of Chicago 7, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield also from Judas and the Black Messiah. I was not surprised about Daniel Kalua. That was the one I had heard about. Any thoughts from, from either of you? I, yeah, that was he was my number one. Yeah. I and was, he was he was passionate and fiery and kept. I loved his speech. Great speech. Yeah. Oh, his mom being like, What are you talking about? Like <laughs> yeah, embarrassing yeah. his mom. That yeah, was great. Yeah, him embarrassing his mom. That was good. Yeah. yeah. The only reason um Again, I'm not like well versed in Oscar lore or kind of like how the the Academy typically votes, but I guess I was shocked that they did give it to one person out of a out of the pair. You know how that they... doesn't happen that often. So You're that's, right, Taylor. Yeah, that's why I didn't pick one or the other from that movie because I thought, oh, there's no way they're gonna pick one or one over the other one. In like the how, past, it's how unfair. The vote. Yeah, it splits the vote between people and they, they end up, you know, one, some people vote for one from the same movie, some from the other. So you're absolutely right that 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 has been the trend. I had just heard so much about him. I, I thought his performance was great. It made a lot of sense. I just still can't get over the fact that both the lead, the kind of main points of Judas Black Messiah are in supporting role. Like, who is the lead of that movie? Like I, I don't, I don't have an answer to this question because they're, why were they both support? Well, that's 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 a decision made by the producers, right? Yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't, like, well, I think it gave them an opportunity to actually to win, win. Yeah. to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's to me it's very strange, but yeah, there you go, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, that was that was also in our Oscars pool. Fifty five percent picked him. So the next one was twenty percent said Sasha Baron Cohen. So. There you go. Uh, actress in a leading role. The winner was Frances McDormand for Nomadland. Uh, no. Beating out uh, Viola leading Davis. Role? Sorry? Leading role? 
Yeah. Yes, the actress. Oh, and they said supporting role. Okay. No, sorry. I'm not, now I'm going to actress and leading. Jump, okay. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, the uh, so she beat out uh, Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Um, so any thoughts there? Nomadland. Did any? Did either either of you see that in the end? Mm-hmm. Matt, you saw it. Taylor. Oh yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet, but um, I think that's what I picked in the pool. I know it had so much buzz around it for such a long time that I'm not surprised that she won it. Matt, do you think it was a best best actress? Oh, I think she was very, very good, but I also think she was Frances McDormand. <laughs> <laughs> and after yeah. watching the Oscars, you know, and they kept cutting to Frances McDormand, like she's wearing that sort of awful black dress, and, you know, she wore her mask throughout. She, and which I admire her for. She's like, I'm not risking my my health for vanity. Um, like, I feel like, yeah, I think she was Frances McDormand. And and whereas like Viola Davis, she was to me, she was terrifying. Like she she I mean, she was yeah. ugly. She was she was vicious. She was cruel, and she was sexy at all at the same time. And I was like, wow. Like that, yeah, that's I, a transformative character. I'm kind of with you on that. Like I thought Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan were kind of would have been my two top picks. Yeah. Um, but I, I also had heard so much buzz <laughs> around her that I was like, wow, it's probably going to be. And, and like Nomadland had a lot of buzz coming in into the Oscars. So I think it, it wasn't too big of a surprise. And our uh, our fans um in this category we're we're a little bit more split but 40 percent of them said carrie mulligan uh 25 percent francis mcdormand and 20 percent viola davis so that's kind of where uh, our fans were thinking so there you go um best actress in a supporting role the winner i think this was no surprise uh yung jung yoon from minari winning um she beat out maria baklava in the borat movie that keeps getting its name keeps getting longer every uh, awards <laughs> show. Um, Glenn Close uh, for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, and Amanda Seyfried for Mink. So I don't think there was any surprise here. Like, I, I think all the buzz was for her. She also had one of the best speeches. Yeah, she uh, deserves the, the award just for her speech alone. <laughs> she was so sweet and yeah. funny. I, Minari was such a great movie with really fantastic performances. So I'm glad the performances got kind of honored in that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved her in that. I loved that movie, but I, I really was rooting for Maria because um, she lived her character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she had to live her character. Like, her commitment to her character, she wasn't allowed to be off when the cameras were rolling. I have like, she was, she put herself in danger. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just think her, her, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen Borat. Oh, you have to see it. No. It's good. so, I, it's I never so saw the, good. Now, I never saw the first one. You it doesn't matter. You don't need to know, watch the first one to understand okay. what's happening in the second one. It just doesn't seem no. like the type of movie I would enjoy. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem. But I think that's the, you're doing it a disservice because it has very sharp social commentary. Hmm. Like, yeah. it looks like it's stupid, but it's not. I mean, no. it is, <laughs> but that's because people There's are stupid. <laughs> that's not me doing a disservice to it. That's the marketing department doing a disservice to it. I can only well, base Taylor and I are telling you that you will like it. Okay, well so then, then I gave it a I, I trust, review, Mike. I trust your opinion. I wasn't listening, Taylor. Come on. <laughs> I had other things you going tu- on. That you was tune like, out when I talk. Yeah, when you talk. But I'm like, oh, finally a rest. I, <laughs> I just let Taylor talk. No, you're right. Dude. Like you, you, you said a lot of great things about it, and Matt. I thought that, that Sasha it, Baron cool. Cohen should have been nominated for Best Actor for Borat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree. for the I mean, same I, reason, for the same reason that yeah. Maria was nominated for Best Supporting. Yeah. How yeah. do you? How do you in 2021? still convince people that these are real people like that to me is such a testament to acting that they're able to dupe so many people um in terms of their improv like it's amazing no definitely and uh yeah our our fans um pretty much unanimously (laughs) 
<laughs> voted for Yoon Jung Yoon, but Maria Baklava and Glenn Close also got some consideration. 20% saw, thought Glenn Close and 10% uh, thought Maria Baklava. So there you Isn't go. it funny that she was nominated, Glenn Close was nominated for an Oscar for the performance and a Razzie? Yes, hilarious because people critics did not like that movie at all and i remember the entertainment weekly review in particular was savage to glenn close and taylor you didn't like it i didn't like the movie i thought glenn close did a good performance um but maybe and after seeing photographs in the home videos of the person that she was act like she was portraying i thought she had the body language and everything down really well um trash movie <laughs> but i thought her performance was good i don't think it was best best supporting actress level right i don't know i think it was nice minari got something in the in the I'm acting happy just to. because mm-hmm. that was a stellar cast like i mm-hmm. still think you could have nominated every single person in that thing mm-hmm. like they all did a fantastic job um so the next one we're going to talk about we're going to move away from the acting for a bit we're, we're going to do best picture last and talk about that the last. proper that, way as, as you should, um, but we'll we'll get through that. Some of these we can we can go through quickly, but just to see if you have anything to say, um, I want to talk about animated feature film because one hundred percent. This I don't think this has ever happened before. One hundred percent voted for Soul, and Soul is what won for best animated feature film. Did everyone just know that was going to win? Well, if you asked my mother and my grandmother what they would pick, they would not pick Soul. What but would like they his- pick? They could not get into it. They hated it and they turned it off. Oh, really? Because I rented it for them. Okay. And I said, you've got to see this movie. It's about a teacher and, you know, and it's about, you know, the end of life, which my grandma's all about as a teacher and someone who's ending near the end of her life. They said it was boring. They couldn't get into it. It was too weird. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. (laughs) Well, okay, it's a little strange. It's pretty weird. It's a Pixar movie. I mean, it's... You know, it's, it's, it's no, but I mean, it is a bit weird. Like the afterlife is depicted quite strangely and, and yeah. abstractly, but I think it's not hard to digest. It's it's so interesting that there are people out there who who didn't like it just because it's been it's been getting so much buzz and everyone seemed to just assume it was going to win. So yeah. it's very interesting that some people still didn't like it. Now, is there is there an animated feature film that they both did like? Like, are they fans of animated movies for the most part? I don't part? think so. Okay, I don't think okay. so. Yeah, so sorry. that could be also one of the problems. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Although I will say I liked Onward more than I liked Soul. Yeah, I, onward, uh, onwards, surprisingly good. It's very, mm-hmm. very fun. That's a, that's kind of that's a fun movie. Having Disney Plus has opened a lot of doors to watching these things. <laughs> Taylor, I know you usually don't dive into the animated movies. Not, not typically. Um, although I did watch the original. It's not animated. I did watch the original Muppet movie over the weekend, or last mm-hmm. a, about a week ago, the one from the seventies. So. I do sometimes dip in. I do want to say um, I was floored that Pinocchio came out this year. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even know like it was not even on my radar (laughs) that there's a Pinocchio movie. Me either. I didn't see it when they released the nominations. And then like when they said it the first time, I was like, Pinocchio. I thought that was coming out in like 2023. Is that when... um, Oh, what's his name? It's an Italian production. Who Who is the director of Pinocchio? Oh, so it's not the so, one that's... No. A, that is no. supposed to be coming out in the next couple years. No, it's an Italian movie. Oh, okay. That's why I was confused. Because there's going to be like a big live action Pinocchio, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Right? Is. This is not it. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it was a big live <laughs> I mean, it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't the one I was thinking of, I guess. <laughs> there will be another Pinocchio. The point is, there's another Pinocchio movie. Because Del Toro is. Later. Del Toro's <laughs> producing a Pinocchio movie. Wait, Del Toro is? Yeah. Isn't that the mm. Pinocchio movie that's coming out? I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I, honestly, I didn't know there were these this so many Pinocchio movies. This is why I was movies. so confused. <laughs> It's like the year. Does anyone remember the year where we had like three Peter Pan movies from like different studios? And they were all bad. Yeah, not (laughs) one of them was good. None of them stuck the landing on Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting that this Pinocchio movie kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah, there there is another one coming up later. Um, Just moving on, we've got uh, cinematography went to Mank. So Mank was the winner for cinematography. Yeah. So, I mean, Taylor, you 
raved about Mank and, and I'm pretty sure I raved about the cinematography. For some reason, I'm more uh, more inclined to like the cinematography when it's the film is black and white. I don't know why. I don't know if I because it's hard to it's hard to achieve. It's it's and it's hard it's hard for people to respect how hard it is to achieve. And like we talk about perfect blacks, like the different shades of black that you can achieve through films. it's there's it's it's skilled cinematography and it was beautiful in mank so i'm glad i'm glad that it won uh for costume design ma rainey's black bottom i mean i i wasn't surprised about that i mean the costumes that movie are are phenomenal um this is where i thought maybe emma would get something but well deserved for for ma rainey's black bottom i thought the costumes were incredible yeah i voted for emma for that one but i'm happy for yeah it's always tough when it's a year of a lot of historical quote unquote epics mm-hmm. or like period piece films. It's hard period to pieces, yeah. It's hard to know what period they're gonna go with. Well and Wonder- I, yeah. also like this is where the Academy often really shows its bias towards movies that are about itself. Like yeah. in past years, Mank would win this award. Because it's like, oh look at the old Hollywood stuff and we love old Hollywood. But it was nice to see them like I just thought Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms costume, like they were, they were really well done. And I think for Matt, what you were saying about Viola Davis, it adds to it when you're, you're dressed to the part and it mm. just all fits. And I felt with that movie, like everything just kind of fit at least visually. So mm. I think it made sense. I heard the costumes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could hear the rustle of the costumes, like yeah. the heaviness of some of the, the fabrics and like that, that to me, brings so much more sense to a film when you can hear something that you shouldn't yeah. but it's like oh my god i can i can almost you hear the rustle of the fabric and you can almost smell it lush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. let's talk about to the next category best director going to chloe zhao for nomadland um i'm very happy to see this because that I, I thought the direction was by far my favorite part of Nomadland, the the definitely the the usage of the camera and what was showing and and kind of that kind of half documentary kind of style, but also with an actor following around. Like I thought there were a lot of really cool things within that. So I'm I'm really glad that that she won both the Golden Globe and now the Oscar. Yeah. Agreed. And I loved that she brought and I it's funny, after I watched the film, I watched the film on Disney Plus. So for any of the listeners are thinking about where can I see Nomadland? If you have Disney Plus, you can see Nomadland. Um, I loved, um, after I watched the film, I thought, I hope that they bring Linda May and Swanky to the Oscars with them. Hmm. Because Linda May and Swanky are two of the um, seniors that live in this, these nomadic um, camps. Um, and they're they're actual nomads. Like they they're they were found by the team, um, Linda May, Swanky, Bob Wells, who's sort of like the the guru leader of these things. They're all real people, and they play mm-hmm. they play uh, fictional versions of themselves. Themselves, yeah, yeah. But um, but I just thought, what a treat, you know, for Chloe and and Francis to bring you know, them to the Oscars. And they did. Those were the people who were wondering who was sitting beside Chloe Zhao. That was, that was swanky. And I think Prince McDormand's date was Linda May. Oh, and that, that kind of, again, all leads into Nomadland really felt real. It was kind of that same sort of feeling um, that you were describing about, about the, the costumes of Ma Rain's Black Bottom. It's like, you could, you could, feel and smell and and everything within Nomadland like I felt it was very very visual but the visuals were so strong that my other senses could kind of fill in those blanks and that to me that's strong direction strong choices and I do think I do think it's tough to bring in non-actors have them play versions of themselves and make it not feel like those dumb reality tv shows I shouldn't say dumb people oh. love those but I don't like them but you know to make it feel different i think is is a real accomplishment well and if anyone says like oh they just played themselves like i did say with francis mcdormand but um you know if you look at say for example swanky i mean her character without too many spoilers she's dying Mm. in the film her character has terminal cancer which of course she does not have because she's alive and well and going to the oscars and she gives this monologue that'll just blow anyone out of the water 
this yeah. is a non-actor telling this beautiful, beautiful, relating this beautiful, beautiful memory to Francis McDormand um, that just cannot, you will, it will touch anybody. Like it was just amazing. So, and that's, that's partially due to Swanky's acting, but I think it says a lot more about Chloe Zhao. Yeah. And, and getting this performance out of someone who is not an actor. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and our, our audience, our, our fans, 50% uh, said Chloe Zhao, 35% Lee Isaac Chung, who was the director of Minari. Um, yeah. 10% picked David Fincher and five Emerald Fennel, which I, I think like Promising Young Woman is another movie that the direction was extremely strong in as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would have been happy if, if she wanted as, as well, because I, I mean, I love Promising Young Woman. I think it's, I think it was one of the best films of the year without a doubt. And I thought the direction was really strong in that as well. But I, you know, this was still well-deserved uh, by Chloe Zhao. Uh, we've got the writing categories next. We'll talk about those and then we'll basically just kind of run through quickly some of the other ones before we get to best picture, because we do need to talk about our Oscars pool. So the two writing ones, we've got adapted screenplay and original screenplay. So adapted screenplay went to the father and original went to promising young woman. So any thoughts there? I well, haven't seen the father, so I can't say either way, but I will say that I am glad that Emerald got it. Yeah. Um, because she deserves something. Definitely. I also was surprised to learn that Emerald plays, um, what's her face in Camilla. the crown? And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I hate her in the crown. Like I hate her character so much, but that I would I've been rooting for someone I've never seen yeah. or known until this minute. And I'm like, oh god, now I'm conflicted. <laughs> she, well, it's just a like, character, though. It's just a, yeah, a, te- yeah. a testament to her her acting home record. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I mean, I I thought the writing in the father was was very very good. Promising Young Woman, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Matt. I think she's glad that she got something, and and that's a big award. Um, the thing about The Father, that I thought the performances were the best part of the movie. I, I didn't think that the writing and direction were, like, anything to to write home about. Like, I, I still, just looking at the, uh, you know, category, I still would have, maybe this is where you give One Night in Miami an award or Borat for for the fact that you have you know maybe you're not you're doing a lot of live stuff but you have to piece all that together as a storyteller which i think is mm-hmm. is interesting like if it's as good as you both say that you, there i think there were other options in here than than the father but again i mean that's that's just kind of my my thoughts from seeing it and going like the writing was fine the direction was fine but the the performances is what kind of elevated that movie for me Um, okay, so let's uh, let's just kind of go through quickly some of the other things. So um, a- animated short film went to If Anything Happens, I Love You, um, which I believe is on the, a Netflix film, another one you can get on Netflix, I think. Yeah, so I, I, it's funny because I, 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 have you guys seen it? Because, no, I haven't. Okay, I've seen it. And it's, it's so considering that it's a movie about a f- um, husband and wife who lose their daughter in a school shooting. Jeez. They were really happy. Like they had the opportunity to say something about gun violence and they kind of slipped it in at the very end. Yeah. But it was a pretty goofy acceptance speech for something where they had a podium to Is the whole movie about Gun it's a short or is, well, is the whole short is the primary yes. is the primary story it, about gun violence? Yes, it's it's showing the daughter growing up and how much love they have with this family and then losing her. Yeah, you wouldn't have really got that from their acceptance speech. No, they slipped it in at the very end. I guess maybe they're in, I don't know, I'd probably be, sh- I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in the sense that if I won an award, I can't say that I would have the most eloquent acceptance <laughs> speech. I think maybe I would drop the ball but i agree matt you know they had something the movie certainly had something to say you would have thought the filmmakers would have something to add see this is the thing i probably would like i think i'd have a speech ready and have practiced it even if i didn't think i was gonna win just because of that moment like you finally get a stage you get an opportunity you want to make sure you're you're like elegant enough to to get through everything you need to but also 
you know, you, you want to make sure you thank the people that you need to, you say what you want to say. So I don't know, like it, it is interesting. Like you can tell maybe, and maybe it's just an innocent thing. Maybe they're just people being kind of modest and thinking I, I'm not going to win. So I'm not going to worry about it, but then being surprised, which is kind of nice. Like it's nice to be sort of surprised with that, but it is interesting that they didn't. Yeah. Cause I remember their speech and it wasn't particularly interesting. They just kind of got up there and then left, but I didn't, I didn't know the content piece of it. Um, okay. Production design went to Mank. Yeah. It was a winner for production design. I think that kind of makes sense. Um, yep. Uh, short film live action, Two Distant Strangers. I haven't seen that either, but a lot of our fans voted for that one. I don't know if it's just a fan favorite or people thought it was going to win. It's the only one I've heard of. Yeah. I, okay. That's, Sometimes <laughs> that's a go. safe bet. <laughs> um, speaking of only one uh, that I heard of was for, for uh, foreign language film, another round, the international feature film. Uh, is what the new name of that category is. The winner was another round, which is from Denmark. This is where Matt, you made your mistake, um, <laughs> picked the wrong mm. movie. But another round winning, that was the one I'd heard of. And I, all I heard was amazing things about it. Um, I, I only, I've only seen the one from Bosnia-Herzegovina, the Covidus Aida. Mm, okay. Um, which is about the the genocide that happened during the 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 war um where thousands of men were were murdered and to this day they haven't found their bodies a lot of these bodies Mm. um and obviously that's a really heavy film and but oh my god the acting was just extraordinary um so i was disappointed i knew it wasn't going to win because it it's always been this danish film that right everyone's been talking about yeah um, Did you so, see it? Has anyone seen it? I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to see it, and then I think it wasn't at the screen. Got your room. boy in it. I know that's why I wanted to see it, but I think it was one of those COVID things where mm. it wasn't. I don't know if we went into lockdown or I just never got my nerve up again. But it did come out around that time. Yeah. I think it was second lockdown. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to go into it because this is not like you're not my therapist, but like having grown up with uh, alcoholic father and alcoholic stepfather i don't really want to watch a film about alcoholics yeah and the benefits of being an alcoholic that's that's, what it's getting at that's the that's the thing about these things that you you know that about yourself and to to be fair you can know okay i it's not a film for me um right which i think is totally like understandable that that you do that like it's not that's why i don't think everyone has to see every film i'm not in a rush to see the father you know yeah having Mm. Mm-hmm. in the last year or so like lost grandparents mm-hmm. and my grandmother had mm-hmm. dementia like i don't i don't need to yeah and taylor i will say it is pretty gut-wrenching like the movie I so I, I don't yeah, it's like I don't seeing uh, i went to go see i think it's still alice and yeah. it was a mm-hmm. beautifully made film but i'm like i don't need to be watching this like right. this yeah. is it's too sometimes it's it's like too real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, you're living it. I don't need to, I don't need any more of that. That's like me with romantic comedies. Like there's nothing, ro- there's nothing funny about romance. All right, moving on. Um, so best picture, let's talk about best picture before we announce uh, our, our winners here. Cause we got it. We are basketball to get into um, best picture winner was nomad land. Um, just a quick reminder of the nominees, the father, Judas and the black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7. So Nomadland takes it. Um, that's what I thought was going to win. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. Even though I voted yeah. for The Father, still I'm not. You sure did, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I tried watching The Trial of the Chicago 7, and I could not get into it. I tried a couple times. I got about 10 more minutes into it the, the second time, and it's still under the first half hour. You know, Matt, you know what's really funny? I think I've probably known you for some fair amount of years and that does not surprise me at all i don't know what it is but there's something about that movie that now that you say that i'm like yeah i don't think it's it's one you would get into so you know what it is i don't like smug and that movie's and full of aaron it. sorkin is a smug writer yeah um and it's funny bob although broadcast news which was james l brooks uh james l brooks film and script it's it's smug in a different way, but Aaron Sorkin thinks he's pretty effing smart. 
<laughs> and sure he is, but it, I don't necessarily find it entertaining. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the the main Oscar categories. There's a few more we didn't get to, but uh, we've got some other business to take care of here. But all in all, just a couple quick stats. This is one of the the Oscars where the awards were quite spread out. Uh, Nomadland got three. Um, and then The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Soul, and Sound of Metal all got two. So pretty spread out. Like, I feel like a, there were a lot of great movies this year, and I, I feel like a lot of them kind of at least got something, which was nice to see. Even Tenet got one. Even Tenet got one. <laughs> Tenet, of all of all movies, I got knew it was going to be nominated for a technical award here or there. Um, okay, let's uh, let's announce um, let's announce the the winners, the the first place winner of the Oscars pool. We'll go through the top five, and just so everyone knows, on screeningatkingston.com on our website, I'm going to put the full forty, all the standings up there. So you can you can take a look. You can find your name. So first place. Actually, we'll go we'll go we'll go um, five down to one. So tied for fourth. There's a tie for fourth place. So fourth and fifth was Matt Salton and me. Oh, <laughs> so we oh. were we we were tied tied cool. for for fourth. I'm happy place. with that. Yeah. yeah so fourth and fifth. We were tied for fourth and fifth together. Um, it was touch and go. You and I were neck and neck with with. Uh, two of the the kind of top three and then eventually we we ended up just just dropping off and not winning it um tied for second and third so another wow. time for second and third we have tiffany and connor okay tiffany and connor tied uh for for second and third. so tiffany looked like she was going to win there and then uh it ended up coming tied for second with connor um not first place cody Winning Cody Bennett, you have won our Oscars pool, finishing first place. Cody is the producer who set us up with all those great young filmmakers. Oh, exciting! <laughs> a couple weeks back, so Cody, you are the winner. We're going to contact you so you can produce or come on your own screening a Kingston episode. Um, he's a big film fan, so I'm sure that'll be good. Cody, Cody won only by one, so one one point separated Cody from Tiffany and Connor, and one point separated Tiffany and Connor from Matt and myself. Tight so very race. close near the top. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor, you finished sixth, just out of the top five. Wow. It's my redemption. So you, your redemption tour. Uh, and just a quick shout out, because he's coming on the show next week. Tyler Vance finished seventh. So well done. Last place. We always announce last place. 40th, Weston. Congratulations, Good job, Weston. Weston. You Good finished, job, Weston. You, you, got, you got three right. Better so well you done. than me. Yes, <laughs> glad that it's you. Um, we are near the end of the show, um, and we do have to quickly do something. We've got to pull some movies from the hat. And Matt, you said you had a suggestion for us. Yes, I have an amazing suggestion. So if you want to throw in, yeah. it's a movie called The Visitor. It's the 1979 version, okay. and it's a, uh Italian science fiction horror movie. Um that I saw quite a few years ago, and I it was one of those WTF movies. <laughs> um, it has John Huston, the famous director, Shelley Winters, Lance Henriksen, Glenn Ford, Sam Peckinpah, huge, huge cats, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in it. Oh. Um, and it is absolutely bat poo-poo crazy. Okay. <laughs> um, but highly entertaining. And it's now, it's the, the latest... Um, speaking of podcasts on how did this get made? It's the, um, the focus of this uh, week's episode um, where they revisit this film and, and they all recommend it as well. Um, so I'm going to officially it in, in the hat. It's officially in the hat. Amazing. Now just to warn you, there's over 150 movies still in here. So <laughs> the chances okay. are low of pulling it out today, but so you never we're, know. we're pulling just a quick reminder of how this works, everybody. We're pulling two movies from the hat, and we all have to watch it and review it next week and compare the two movies. <laughs> so here we go. Going to pull them from the hat. Drum roll. Love and Other Drugs. Oh, God. Jake Gyllenhaal movie. And Timeline. Timeline. I don't know. I, if believe, I... The late, I believe the late Paul Walker is in that one. Um, That's and- a... Yeah, that's uh, what's this, Michael Creighton? My, yes, yes, based on his book. So, Timeline and Love and Other Drugs. 
are the movies that we have to watch for movies from a hat next week. Oh no, we'll it's timeline a space movie. No. no. Okay, good. No. The time travel movie. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the poster and the poster looked oh. like space, but No, time Time travel. travel's no. allowed. No. Medieval. Space is allowed too, Taylor. If it comes out of here, we're watching. I know. It. Okay. <laughs> next week, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to have you back. We'll we'll have you back for more Oscars talk. We'll have you back before then, but Great. we'll have you back for more Oscars talk as well. Um, thank you everybody for listening this week. Next week, timeline, love and other drugs. Watch along with us. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.